0: Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Water's Wavelength podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco and I'm the deputy editor of Cellside Technology and as always I'm joined by my co-host Anthony Maliki the US editor. I think that we
1: need to move this into a different room from now on because people can't see us, but Dan and I are sitting very close to each other and I feel awkward. I it's feel almost like, like, like I'm, we am gazing like deeply into your eyes as we're sitting here talking
0: about financial all, technology. All we need is the plate of spaghetti and <laughs> the one string that we can yeah, chew and yeah. the meat. So we are going to touch you know we've had a couple guests and a couple things here and there which has been great they we've had some great guests, uh, but we're going to touch we haven't got a chance to talk about our features uh, for this month for the month of August so Anthony and I are going to talk about both our features but before we get to that. Uh, one thing we wanted to talk about briefly, um, it's kind of, it's topical with IEX launching tomorrow, Friday, um, you know, HFT is once again in the news. And also this week I wrote an opinion piece about a, uh, particular report written by two university of California, Berkeley professors about how rigged are the stock market. It's evidence from microsecond timestamps paper. As you can imagine, something written about high frequency trading drew a lot of, uh, a lot of interest from people especially in the Twitter Twittersphere uh, we had some folks that agreed with it and said you know this is great we're giving attention to uh, a paper that hasn't been discussed enough and then we had a bunch of people saying this paper is crap and you're giving you know uh, highlight you're highlighting something that is fraudulent and is incredible. along
1: disinformation
0: is yeah exactly so and I think you know I'll just say briefly about my opinion piece I went into it you know it was two professors that have a history of writing about the markets um, I believe one of, at least one of them is a securities lawyer um, but they have a, a history of doing papers regarding the financial markets and uh, you know I, I went through it with the eye of and I wrote about this in my piece this is so often and I think this really speaks to the overall narrative so often with high frequency trading it's really it seems like it's black and white it's the people that are for it are for it and the people that are against it are against it and any kind of mention of the opposite to one of those parties, the walls go up, the, you know, the, the, the moat is built and it's kind of shut down. I'm not going to listen to you. And this is for both sides of it. You know, I've seen several times people tweet out. Everything that, that was written in Flash Boys is fiction. That book should not be listed in nonfiction. It should be listed in the fiction section of Barnes & Noble. I've seen that multiple times. And I've also seen stuff that, you know, the, the markets are still completely rigged and everyone that does high-frequency trading is a fraud and corrupt and a crook. So I'm not pointing fingers at either side. I'm saying that both sides tend to... There's not a lot of gray, it seems, in this conversation. We've seen that at events, at conferences we've had, with panels that we've had. The discussions get very heated very quickly. Um, It's unlike anything in the two years that I've been doing this I've ever seen with anything else I've covered. Um, You know, you see a lot of stuff on Twitter around blockchain, around Bitcoin, around other innovative technologies, but nothing seems to really get people fired up as much as as high-frequency trading. I think you know I, I'm kind of droning on a lot because I, I wrote this opinion piece and it, and it got a lot of feedback negative and positive Anthony what I mean what's your take just overall on you know discussion around HFT
1: yeah well I mean I've been covering the banking and Wall Street space and then technology for you know we're getting close to you know a decade now um, and I, w- I would agree with the assessment that right now you have two sides and they are totally entrenched in their opinion and I think that it's really hard to get a good discussion going because of the fact that you have both sides saying, no, you're wrong. I'm going to take these figures to show that you're wrong. I'm going to take these figures to show that you're wrong. And when we've had, when we're having these debates about HFT, like, you know, Dan and I, we cover technology and that's what we're Trying to have an expertise on is, you know, the technology that underpins, but the strategies, the market structures, the rules, that's not our area of coverage, per se, we, we ta- discuss the technologies around that, I guess. And I think that I, I, I don't really much care for for the discussion anymore. I think that we're going to see if everything if the markets are rigged, if, if it really is so terrible, then IEX should be successful. Um, if, if they're not, then the markets, are, I think, are going to pretty much to, uh, decide this uh, going forward here after they launch uh, the exchange on Friday. Um, so I think that we're almost kind of now we're at the precipice. Okay, let's see where this now goes. We're going into the next stage of this HFT, Flash Boys, IEX debate. It's going to kick off here on Friday. Let's see where it goes. But I don't understand, you know, the, the people that say that that this report is fraudulent or whatever all right well come on explain to us really lay out these people these professors they put together a whole research paper on it you know given their side of the study they're researchers or scientists so that's what they're supposed to do well give us the counter rather than say no these aren't using the right figures this is rigged put together your own um discussion and i'm I'm sure there are papers that exist like that out there and if there are please send them our way we want to hear about it um but i guess for us right now um i think that we're just in in a in a in a kind of stalemate when the debate happens right yeah it
0: just really it seems like the two sides just can't ever come to an agreement and you have like i said on the one side that you know oh flash boys all that it's ridiculous it's jargon iex is stupid and it's not gonna work and then on the other side you have iex is the best and all high frequency trading is bad and i think that the truth as with everything ever is always it always lies somewhere in the middle and that's the frustrating part with a lot of these conversations is that you know you kind of don't see that. you just see both sides kind of you know to Take a turn from politics: voting along party lines and kind of staying in their lanes and not really a lot of a lot of crossover, I guess you could say. And I would just say though that also though, even if this debate does get sorted out, I I
1: really do enjoy the Twitter debates that uh, Remco Lenterman, uh, Sal Arnick, and Larry Tab have with each other. Uh, usually those are pretty heated uh, can turn fiery pretty quickly so I really always enjoy uh, watching those unfold it's not Uh, so please keep those up it's not (laughs) often
0: you see a lot of memes or a lot of uh, photoshops done in the financial technology world Uh, but you know leave it to the HFT debate to uh, bring out the the best in people on both sides so yeah those are always fun to watch but Enough about HFT. Enough about that stuff. We, like I said, we are in the month of August. We're you know almost at the end of the month of August, and uh, we still haven't talked, spoken about our features. Uh, I will start off first. I had the opportunity to sit down with Royal Bank of Canada's Bruce Ross, the head of uh, technology and operations, and uh, you know it was kind of spread over when I was up there in Toronto for a conference, and then also through a phone call, a couple, a couple different conversations I had with him. Quick, funny story to give you a little bit of background on how these things work. Um, we're not suit and tie guys here at Waters. That's no, that's not that's just not how we operate. You know, we're journalists, and we're just not flashy suit and tie guys. But, you know, we like to put up a nice facade when we go and meet with these, you know, technology head honchos. So we tend to wear suits, right? So <laughs> I, uh, I had a meeting with Bruce uh, early in the morning when I flew into Toronto, you know, had my suit on, had my tie on. And uh, for those of you who've never met me, I'm a I'm a bigger, bigger guy. I'm about 6'2", maybe 240 if I just ate. He likes long walks on the <laughs> beach and uh, dinners by sunset. But I'm a big guy, and I run hot. I run very hot. And by that, I mean I sweat pretty pretty quickly. I'm also a hairy guy. I'm Italian, so I, I sweat pretty quickly. So very shortly into this conversation with Bruce, uh, it's pretty noticeable that I have sweat all <laughs> all over my forehead and it wasn't necessarily that I was nervous but it uh pretty quickly I had a nice I had a nice bomb going on uh around my head well when you have a good sweat going and you walk into an air-conditioned place it re- you know or at least yes really, I know very yes. much that I am sweating now profusely it's, it's very noticeable <laughs> and uh Bruce was the the ultimate professional, never mentioned it, never never broke stride in what he talked about. But, uh, you know, it was funny just that right away, I'm you know, I get the sweats. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, it was great because Bruce is a long time, a lifelong IBM guy, almost there for three decades, and then makes the switch to the capital markets. Obviously, a lot of crossover between the two firms, um, but makes the switch to full-on, you know, capital markets, full-on banking. And kind of we went through all the different things um that that he did. And it was really it was really interesting to hear the different, you know, uh technologies. Some some around cybersecurity, kind of, you know, recognizing early on, not just if someone's through your door, but even if someone's on your lawn, kind of the the process put in place. BYOD, not really super sexy, but it's something that a lot of firms are, are migrating to and getting away from you know the Blackberry-based um environments. Uh you know, then we also have, you know, data lakes uh, Hadoop technology, something that you know. Anthony's written a story about data lakes. It's it's a, something that a lot of firms, banks are are toying around with, and you know, especially really really helpful around BCBS two thirty nine and the Volcker rule with you know separating proprietary and and uh, and client trading desks. Uh, and then cloud, cloud was kind of the biggest thing. Um, a real interest in the hybrid environment. It's something obviously I, s- I spoke to VJ from Northern Trust about last week, uh, but also you know it, one of the numbers that you know he didn't want to get into specifics, but he did say 40% of his development testing world is in the hybrid cloud. Um, you know he said the production cloud wasn't at that capacity yet, but it's ramping up. And the goal was for the new applications to be born in the cloud. So it was kind of a nice run through of in the, you know, the two and a half years that he's been at at RBC, the kind of changes that he's made. Uh, Anthony, did you have any, you know, quick, do you have any quick takeaways from the uh, from the piece?
1: No, you know, I think that it's funny when we have these because we really try and get different kind of cross section of the industry. So we try and get a big bank on, try and get a big, you know, hedge fund asset manager on. And then, you know, every now and again, we'll get, you know, a little guy, a little prop trading shop, you know, so it's interesting to hear the discussions where there's a lot of difference and then where there is, you know, considerable overlap. So, you know, if you take, you know, when you um, profiled uh, Mike Madigan, sure. from WH Trading, mm-hmm. um, uh, small prop trading shop in Chicago um you know again same similar data issues but then they're g- going to be working naturally on some things that are going to be at times a little bit sexier than you know your cybersecurity, where rbc is going to be a target constantly um they're not going to have to deal with as many cybersecurity concerns so i think that's kind of just the interesting things from these um profiles is to get to see you know how the different kind of firms stack up against one another and where their focus lies um And then you know, just having thirty years at IBM to go from a vendor like that to kind of be like, you know, let me go and take on you know one of the the bigger banks in North America um, is interesting in
0: and of itself. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing that stood out to me, and that's something I brought up and I, I mentioned in the story. But just the fact that, I mean. You're there for thirty, almost 30 years. You're essentially a lifer. You can stay there. It would, would have been easy for him to kind of ride into the sunset and stay there. Um, you know, I think the big thing was moving, and we talked about that, how he traveled a lot with IBM, and he wanted to kind of settle roots down. He's from Canada. Uh, but And he just wanted new opportunities, and he's obviously had them and new challenges, and he's, he's done well so far in kind of meeting those, those new challenges and those new opportunities. Uh, staying in line with Canada. Mm-hmm great great transition nailed it as usual man uh, anthony's feature stuck the dismount was a little bit more technology focus a little bit I'm sorry a little bit more on the finance side than technology definitely about the the inner workings of how this new product is going to launch but kind of the dawn of of PTF um platform traded funds so Anthony take because this is some of this stuff is over my head so why don't you take it away it's over my head too (laughs) uh no
1: that's why I speak with uh, the experts on this stuff um yeah in Canada so actually you're seeing so there's two there was a piece that ran in the August issue of Waters and then we had a side piece um, that ran uh, so far just online at waterstechnology.com. But basically in the ETF space, um, you know, as good as passive ETFs have been, um, uh, active ETFs make up a, a, a tiny, tiny fraction of the market. So everybody's trying to figure out ways to kind of blend, or it seems like all over in the U.S in uh, Canada, and I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure that my colleagues over in Europe might be able to find out about this, but even in uh, Europe as well, um, trying to find ways of juicing the active ETF market. And basically what that does, you taking an active mutual fund and kind of wrapping it in an ETF uh, wrapper. Um, the What makes what's happening in Canada interesting is it's not traded on exchange, as opposed to what you're seeing with Eaton Vance and, um, it's etmf here in the u.s um in canada uh with the uh help of uh equitas uh equitas uh innovations and their ptf platform um basically trying to figure out a way to uh bring more interest into the mutual fund market and by using an etf in the u.s it's a little bit different it's saying eh, you know the mutual fund industry is you know it's it's not very strong right now. So what we want to do is kind of figure out a way to get that those mutual funds into an ETF. Um, kind of two different thought processes and two different needs, I guess, exist there. Um, and we'll see which one plays out. I guess that what, what I found most interesting is the the US version of it. In the, in the UK, you have Invesco and TMX Group have come out with their pl- uh, platforms. And there's a lot of kind of infighting there um, because, you know, Invesco kind of feels like an Equitas, uh, the NEO exchange, they kind of feel like uh, TMX Group and T it with its TSX NavX product is kind of r- ripping off uh, the Invesco uh, uh, offering and Equitas offering. Um, you know, well, right now Invesco is live with their funds. TSX, while they have the capabilities, they have um, uh, uh, firms signed up to license it. Um, they ha- don't have anybody on the platform yet uh, that's live and trading with it. They hope that that will happen later this year. In the US, you have uh, Eaton Vance and um, with its next shares ETF. You know, it makes up a. It hasn't been traded that actively. Um, there are only uh, a handful of places where, you, even though they have thirteen, you know, large asset managers that are licensed for the product, that have licensed the product. Um, right now, no one's really coming out yet with their own product uh, through, except for uh, advancing, Can only get that basically through one broker dealer, um, and then you have Presidian Investments, which uh, has its Active Shares product. They're trying to get regulatory approval. Um, right now, there are, you know, I think that a lot of the, the holdup has been in the terminology because you're talking about uh, non-transparent ETFs or semi-transparent is now the, the language that they prefer to use rather than non-transparent um, and then blind shares and stuff like that. So they're trying to clean up the, the language a little bit in order to get SEC SEC approval. Um, where this all goes, I, I wouldn't even have the first idea. But I think that the clear takeaway is with what they're doing, and you see the big names that are getting behind these products, both in Canada and here in the US. The big takeaway is that this is going to be a space that's going to get a lot of push, but it might take five years. Um, one uh, one uh, portfolio manager at a very, very large uh, asset manager told me that, you know, he thinks that it's about five years away that we're going to see on this. Um, Right now, this is just the inner working, just like the way ETFs, you know, started, you know, several decades ago. Um, it took a little while to get going, but now they're just, you know, the 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 it's booming right now. That business, similar thing here um, in this kind of blended mutual fund ETF uh, uh, landscape. There's a lot of big names getting behind it no winners no clear you know we're right at the the vanguard of this so um and vanguard just today (laughs) announced that they're gonna be trying to launch their own activity here in the the us (laughs) um so i think that'll be the interesting thing to to watch going forward it'll be an interesting space um there's a little bit of technology that underpins this um it's the back office stuff where the technology comes in that helps to make this uh viable
0: yeah it's something definitely to keep keep an eye on and the fact, like I said, it's it, like Anthony said, it's a t- it's a two part feature. So the first part appeared in the August magazine. Second part is only online. The other, the first part is also online. So a lot of information there to dig into and kind of about the the future, something you know to kind of keep your eye on down the road in the future. Uh, you know, as we kind of wrap things up now, one thing that we did want to touch on or we t- talk about on the non fintech side is um, you might have saw if you see you might have seen if you're on Twitter uh fave movies 7 uh favorite 7 movies uh, there's a little discrepancy fave 7 movies fave 7 movies yes. there's a little discrepancy in the office about whether uh they were asking for movies it's not just. just in the office it's you know there's discrepancies on twitter itself as well, then to we, what are they asking for well there are, people were wondering whether they're asking just for movies with the number 7 in it or uh movies or just 7 or favorite movies. movies that had seven uh, different
1: pieces of the franchise you're uh star wars will have that you know stuff like
0: that uh so uh, fast and the furious uh shit i don't know know how many we're gonna get here i'm looking at anthony saying "Mm, well that was my debate i said i don't know how many and i actually looked it up uh not sequels not including sequels uh but there are or series movies there are 21 at least american u.s or british uh movies with seven in the title so not a whole lot to choose from if we're just picking seven anthony and I are going to blast it out to the entire movie base mm-hmm. we picked our favorite seven favorite movies we figured you know we always talk about sports it'll be something else fun to talk about i'm going to start with you we you want we can go one and one if you'd like Instead okay. of just ringing off all seven. Okay. So what was your top one?
1: Well, I got to go my top one and two, actually, I have to go because they're tied together. Okay. Uh, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. Ugh. By far, the best movie. That, that I don't think that, that movie will ever be able to be topped for me. I, and as I get older and more curmudgeonly, I'm going to like that always. I, I don't see that ever changing. All right.
0: Well, I went in a different position. I'll put my first two because you did too. I went in a different position with my top two. Uh, Dazed and Confused. One of the dazed and confused. One of my all-time, my all-time favorite movie. I could watch that movie a hundred times and it would never get old. <laughs> uh, ben Affleck's in it. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker, brief appearance in it. Obviously Matthew McConaughey with the famous line about high school girls. Just hilarious, funny. Reminds me of summer every single time I watch it. Love Days and Confused. And then uh, Ocean's Eleven. Not a popular pick probably Ocean's by a lot of people. Eleven. But I really enjoy it. And same thing, good <laughs> cast of people. Uh, I like the movie. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. I really like it. Uh, I thought about going to Ocean's 13, which a lot of people would be already crazy, but Ocean's 13 is a special Wait, place. Wait, you liked Ocean's 13? Ocean's 13 is a special place in my heart because the first time I saw it, I had just come back from my first year uh, away at college or my first time away at college it was for columbus day break and i had a bunch of my mom's home cooked food and everyone else was asleep and i put in the dvd player and i was just eating tons of chicken cutlet watching oceans 13 and i was just at peace i just felt really happy but that's just me that's a weird story about oceans 13. Uh, all right number three well so the rest i can't really all right rank. You, don't, you don't have to but rank but yeah, we'll just so go movie for movie now i'll give you a, a recent one that
1: just definitely makes it in uh, was ex machina uh which just recently came out okay um, absolutely knocked my socks off absolutely love that movie um you know really you know one of those movies that makes you think uh you know kind of you know, at the end you're like oh man what does it all mean you know where are we going as a society and stuff like that i don't know i found it to be a fascinating movie loved the end of it uh, i won't give away anything since it is
0: a fairly uh, new movie um but that one now makes my top seven for sure Perfect, because I'm going to counter your ex Mahina with another movie that makes you think, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. (laughs) Really saying a lot about our characters, uh, the different type of movies we're picking here. (laughs) Um, Another movie that holds a special place in my heart because of the time it came out. I remember it came to HBO when I was in college, a lot of late night out and then coming back and watching it. I could recite a ton of lines from that. Just, just remember
1: a raccoon scene in that one, right? Where it doesn't like a raccoon jump out of the bushes or something like that. No, I no. think you're thinking of something else. Uh, but I
0: just—it's just a really funny movie. It cracks me up. Um, yeah. So, forgetting Star Marshall. All right, next movie for you. Uh, I'll throw in uh, two here because they kind of are
1: similar, so we can to move it along. Uh, Fight Club and Snatch. Um, tough to separate the two for me. You know, as far as which one I like more. But uh, both kind of good, gritty movies, uh, entertaining. The writing is sensational uh, for both of them. And just
0: the way that the movies are kind of broken up,
1: uh, really, really entertaining for me. Do you like dogs? Do you like like dogs? Do you like dogs? Oh, 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 you mean
0: dogs. Uh, This is actually perfect for me because the next two movies kind of work together. Goodfellas and Casino. Okay. All right. Goodfellas. Now, um, you know, I didn't put The Godfather on my list, uh, and I know you hear Goodfellas, you hear De Francesco, you think, oh, you just like it because it's Italian. You're a proper, you know, Italian. Um, but I just think it's a really awesome movie. It's one of those movies. this is a classic. You could yeah. just pick up. You could just pick up that movie at any point, at any time in the story, and watch it. I mean, the the when he's running around, he thinks the helicopters chasing him. The uh, the scene where they're in the the jail, making the you know cutting with the um. With the uh, razor blade, the garlic, it's just awesome, awesome movie. And then Casino, a little bit long, but so great. James Woods is phenomenal as the coked up boyfriend mm-hmm. um, of uh, whatever. I can't think of the uh, Robert De Niro's wife and the candy or I forget what it mm-hmm. is, but awesome. All right, to you? Um,
1: go with the movie that I, I've handed this movie out to a lot of people. I was like, you got to watch it. It's a great movie. Um, no one agrees with me. Like People are like, oh, it was good. It was okay. And people like Peter, my friend Peter, he's like, no, that's a terrible movie. But um, Lucky Number Slevin. <laughs> uh, love that movie. It's witty, Josh Hartnett, right? Josh Hartnett, Lucy Liu, Morgan Freeman, Ben Kingsley, um, good uh, twist Bruce Willis. Yeah, the writing of it was really well done. Um, the, the way that they laid out the story, uh, it's very funny. Just very kind of dry, witty humor. Um, so for me, you know, no one likes that movie, but I think it's fantastic.
0: Another classic best comedy pound for pound ever made animal house. I don't know how anyone could argue with that. Uh, that it's one of the best comedies. It's certainly. absolutely hilarious. The scene where they go to get dates at the all girls college, pretending to be a fiance that died, um, still makes me keel over with laughter. Okay. Uh, what's your final one? Number seven, uh,
1: the usual suspects. Can't beat that movie. That movie is just uh, – that's a, an all-time classic. Uh, great, great acting. Again, you know, I just – I like movies that, you know, that they kind of take you down a path and then, you know, kind of have like a little bit of a twist at the end. A little you know, bit you of a twist. Yeah, big yeah, twist yeah. at big the twist, end. Big twist. Um So, yeah, uh, that's uh, just uh, an absolute – I can watch – I watch that on, like, Sundays. Like, it'll be on TNT or whatever. Just pop that – you know,
0: it'll be on I'll just sit on the couch and watch that all day. I got a couple different movies here, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Friday Night Lights. I don't have a sports movie. It's probably one of my favorite sports movies. It it is my favorite sports movie, I suppose, because I picked it on my list of seven. Uh, Just, you know, well acted, good story, true story. Uh, Just really interesting, you know, especially for someone like myself or you, you know, grew up in an area where football is big, but it's not. Anything close to what it's down there and you kind of always hear how big Texas football is But then you watch a movie like that and you understand that it's life or death for these kids uh, And it means the entire world to them. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Do you movie. watch the TV series as well Also watch the TV series and it was funny I saw a debate because then after of course it was top seven movies They also did top seven series and then people got it I saw a couple people I follow get in a debate about what's better the Friday night like movie or the Friday night uh, uh, series and I really like the series too. Did you watch the series? No, it's like on Fridays, and I know that I have DVR and everything like right. that. But I, it's just on. Never it's got all on it. Netflix. I do recommend. I mean, it's a little bit of a bear to get through because it's a lot of seasons, and I think it was like twenty episodes a season because it was on, you know, ABC yeah. or whatever or NBC. Uh, the Friday Night Lights does have Tim Riggins. The TV show has Tim Riggins, it's played by Taylor Kitsch, and he—that's probably like one of the best TV series characters ever. It's just you know, it's Tim Riggins. All he wants to do is play football and make out with girls. I don't know. Yeah. That was a bad Texas accent. Yeah, but, terrible. Uh. Speaking of stupid athletes, <laughs> <laughs> we would be remiss if we did not bring up the biggest story today, yesterday, this week, uh, biggest story of the Olympics, really. Um, P-gate, Lochte-gate, whatever you want to call it. News broke today that uh, Ryan Lochte, uh, infamous uh, U.S. swimmer, turns out that the uh, assault or the mugging that took place in Brazil that he told his mom about, who then told the reporters about, or the IOC about. Turns out that no, him and his buddies just came back drunk from a party and pissed all over a gas station.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um. (laughs) Allegedly, that's what we're we're hearing. Allegedly, very important to put that in there. For me, I don't care. Like, I, It's going to drive me nuts that this will be the most talked about story from the Olympics. Like, We're going to forget Simone Biles. We're going to forget you know, Michael Phelps in many ways. And we're going to constantly talk about it. like This will be the last thing. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, remember uh, that yeah. guy locked You know, He peed all over a gas station and said he was mugged because of it. Um, but ultimately, I guess if they can get charged for peeing all over a gas station, I guess that's some sort of a public disturbance or something like that. But – You know, ultimately, they didn't file any charges as far as when they said they were mugged or anything like that. Uh, So it's not filing the false police report. Right. Right. Um, So I don't know that they've done
0: anything wrong. It's just a stupid, stupid, stupid story. I mean, it's just funny because you can kind of you, you can sort of kind of piece together, string along one thing to another in terms of. Lochte probably had a conversation with his mom and she probably asked something about or he probably like said, oh yeah, or she probably asked him about something. Why did he lose something or where'd the money go? And oh, uh, I got mugged, you know, said it offhandedly just to kind of get his mom off his back. And then she turns around and being like moms do, says, well, I need to tell someone about this, about my son. My son needs to be protected. And then it kind of blows up into this massive international, you know, thing with Swimmers getting pulled off planes, trying to flee to back to America, passports being held. And now it's political intrigue. You know, it's like, how does this story of guys going into a
1: bathroom and peeing, or going into a gas station, peeing all over the place, turn into passports being revoked? You know, every single media outlet in the world, you know, staking outside of the uh, police station, waiting for these swimmers to get. How is this going to be the biggest story? I freaking hate – you know, we're in the wrong – this profession that we're in is just stupid sometimes. That This is going to be the story.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, we don't have to recap the Olympics, but just, you know, you talk about the the women's gymnastics, for all intents and purposes, just smashing everyone in the team. Uh, Michael Phelps just continuing to dominate in swimming. Uh, Usain Bolt also dominating in his sport. You know, you have so many to either a team or an individual that – Really, is just once-in-a-generation talent, especially with Bolt and Phelps, and all that's going to be overshadowed because,
1: you let know. Let me ask you this. Uh, I was listening to Dan Lebitard's show, and this was a di- topic of discussion they were having
0: uh, the other day. But you have Katie Ledecky, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. Well, let me stop you right there. Don't even put Katie Ledecky in the same conversation as the other two. Why? Why? Because the other two are far more established and have done far more than LeDecki has done so far. She's had a great Olympics. The 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 one race she had where she was literally beat the other people by like like what five seconds or something or was incredible. But let's hold off on judging her. She still has way <laughs> more Olympics. I don't she- think you know where I'm going with this question. All right sorry steroids performance enhancing oh. <laughs> drugs <laughs> oh i feel like an idiot i'm sorry i always do that. I apologize
1: would you put money down if you had to put down a thousand dollars on yes or no yes uh at least one of them gun to my head gun to your head at least one of them's on peds yes or no
0: i would say odds are yes gun to your head so gun to my head, head who do i yes? pick no, you're going to say yes. To Gun to my yeah. head. If I have to, if I'm, yeah, I just don't, I mean, what do you consider PEDs? You can consider like PEDs, like anabolic steroids, or is it just a banned, subs, a banned you know these substance? guys banned substance that would get them, that would get their medals like taken Adderall, away from. Like Adderall. is yeah, considered like, like a, uh,
1: uppers or anything like that. Like stuff that would get your metal taken away from you. Do I think
0: they'll get their metals taken away, or do I think they're doing it? And Adderall it? isn't that more of a masking agent. That's why it's illegal. Okay. But do um, I think they'll get their meds taken away? Gun to my head? Or do I think that they're doing something they shouldn't? That they're doing, that they're, that they're using PEDs? I think that gun to my head, yeah. I don't want to sound like a traitor, but I, I th- think so. If
1: you actually had to ask me, I, I again, we've had this conversation, but I think I would not be, I would put gun to my head if you had to say all three. I would say, yeah. If I had to say yes or no, and if you're wrong about this, we're going to shoot you right here. You know, Ryan Lockheed. Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm saying all three at some point in the past, in the build-up to the Olympics. Like, maybe right now the second that they're not on it, but sure. they're training to get up to this part. Um,
0: maybe they're cycled off. I would, uh, I think everybody's guilty. Yeah, I mean, I think sprinters just in general. I feel like that whole section is just tainted because it always seems somebody's coming out that is doing something they shouldn't do. Uh, you know, with Phelps, the thing, the thing that kind of is Phelps' saving grace is that his body is so unique – in that the way his legs are and his arms perfectly he's, built he's perfectly it. built to be a swimmer and the thing that stands out with the is just how she just smashed world records and the entire rest of the competition you know it stinks that we have to kind of taint everybody with this but
1: that's why we should legalize steroids oh boy. here we go then you don't have here we it. go <laughs> then everybody's on an equal playing field because that's the only way you're ever going to get to an equal playing field.
0: It's not by banning, because the stero- the the science will always be ahead of the test. But what about the people that don't feel comfortable putting their bodies at risk for taking steroids? You
1: no know, that sucks for you, man. You know, there's, you know, it's and these are the, these, you know, do you want to be an Olympian? Do you want to be great? I want to see what science can create of a human being. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I don't. You want care. Drago? You want? Drago. I want Drago. That guy. He, everybody wanted. You see what he's. Killing people in the ring. Yeah. Of course you literally to that. killed yeah, someone literally. in the ring. <laughs> Creed, one of the greatest <laughs> of all time. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so yes, uh, that's the only way you're ever gonna get a fair playing field. You'll never have a fair playing field because science will always be ahead of the testing. Well,
0: as hot of a take as that is, I don't think that will <laughs> ever, ever come true. Uh, but yeah, always leave you, always leave you with some hot takes here at the waters, uh, wavelength podcast. Uh, that's it from us. Anthony, you have anything else to add? i got nothing. Well, thanks so much for listening, and tune back in next Thursday.